It's farmer's market season. And did you know that in the Portland area alone, we have nearly 40 farmer's markets happening every week? But where are they? Which are the best for what? And what are the unspoken rules you might be breaking? Yes, there are rules. Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Molly Natariani, the real-life sister of our lead producer, John Natariani. But this isn't just nepotism. As the former executive director of the Oregon Farmers Market Fund, she's been in the farm-to-market business for nearly 20 years. And she's here to answer all of our questions. It's Tuesday, May 22nd. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. Welcome, Molly. I've heard a lot about you and your outdoor sauna from John. Uh, (laughs) He's a big fan. Uh, Before we jump in, could you just answer why someone should shop at a farmer's market over going to, say, like a local grocery store? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think there are so many reasons. And the number one reason is that, like, it's just more fun. Like, do you want to go walk around you know, Freddy's or do you want to be at a farmer's market? I think, um, you know, when you're you're going to a farmer's market, you're buying directly from the person who grew or who made or who produced your food. And so that has a ton of benefits. It's going to be a lot fresher. Um, usually things at farmer's markets are like a day at most after harvest and at grocery stores, it's like 13 plus days. So you think of those like clamshells of salad greens you get that just like turn to goo. Um, I feel like you don't have that at farmers markets. Um, you're also really there's no middle person, so you're 100 of the money you're spending is going directly to these farmers, these small food artisans. Whereas at a grocery store, it's maybe like 15 cents on the dollar. You know, there are certain things that maybe are too fragile to ship across the country that have like a really small growing season, or maybe it's a new food business that is just growing on a really, or, you know, making a special product on a small scale. And so they haven't been picked up by stores yet. And then you can have these conversations with the people who are making your food. So you might see a vegetable you've never seen before and be like, dude, what's the deal? How do you cook that? And kind of get some good tips. Um, And within all of that, I want to say like, it's a both and we can do it all. You don't have to like drop everything and start spending all of your money at farmer's markets. You can like try a little bit and build it into your routine. Yeah. You know, Molly, I asked that question just for the person out there that's like, why farmer's markets? Because I was already sold. But you kind of sold me even more. Like every time I was like, yeah, Uh, the uh, asking the vendor, like, how do I cook this or what do I do with this? I find kind of amazing, you know, because everything's in season. And sometimes you're just like, I don't know what a rutabaga is or like, I don't know what this weird looking radish, you know, amazing, but like weird looking radish. So weird. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just wonderful (laughs) to have someone to be like, well, this is how you do it. Um, I also, I wanted to ask you something. Is it, I know that you've worked, uh, you know, in Portland managing farmer's markets. So is it controversial to ask you which Portland area farmers markets are your personal favorites? Like they know your face. Will you get banned if you don't say there? Because <laughs> I'm just curious, like what's what's Molly's, you know, picks? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give you like a few different markets in a few different categories. I feel like it is totally controversial and like that's why I'm here. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll just like blur your voice. So it's like, <laughs> 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 um, well, I think like a lot of things in some ways, like the, the best farmer's market is the one that like is the closest to you or the easiest to get to or like the time of 
day and day of week it is that works with your schedule, right? So um, thankfully in Portland, in the Portland area, we have like a bunch of different farmers markets in different locations on different days. So I think if you want like a kind of traditional weekend market, so like a Saturday or a Sunday, two that I really love are the Hollywood Farmers Market in Hollywood in the Northeast. That's like this really just kind of what you think of as a farmer's market. There's, you know, kids running around. There's like an old dude playing the guitar. There's, um, you know, lots of different vendors, I think, who you often can't find at other farmer's markets, which is not always the case. Um, and just like really feels like at the heart of that community. Um, the Montevilla Market in Montevilla in Southeast Portland on Sunday mornings is also really lovely. It opens at 10. So if you want to sleep in a little bit, you don't have to be like one of those people who gets up at the crack of dawn and also just like an awesome mix of vendors. The Come Through Farmer's Market, which is every other Monday um, on, in the afternoons at the Red in the Southeast, has like the best vibe of any farmer's market. So mm. it's Portland's only uh, black and brown and indigenous run uh, farmer's market and really supports those businesses and those communities. So like they have a resident DJ, they have a free table. Um, and, you know, the market is really designed to be an incubator to support these businesses and kind of help these uh, black and brown, you know, farmers and food artisans kind of develop their businesses. So that's really rad. If you want a weekday market... I think that the Shemansky Park Farmer's Market downtown is like on the park blocks. It's in the trees. It's shady. It's beautiful. You can get, there's like a guy with a wood-fired pizza oven. You can get Ooh. your, yeah, get the little vegetables and put it on the pizza. So that's fun. And then let's see. I think if you want to go out of town, um, because, you know, the metro area is big, I would recommend on the east side, the Oregon City Farmer's Market is fantastic mm. and um, also very, very big, lots of different things highly recommended. On the west side, um, the Forest Grove Farmer's Market is run by Adelante Mujeres and is just this fantastic incubator that the nonprofit helps support Latinx businesses, farmers, and um, hot food vendors. So that's really special. And um, to wrap it all up, I will shout out the Cully Farmer's Market, my neighborhood farmer's market, which is coming back in 2023. It's just like a short walk from my house and just so nice to like Stroll about, get some food. Yeah. I love the Cully Farmer's Market, but I also find it interesting because I feel like most people that I know in Cully have like their small urban little farm totally. on their lot anyhow. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are like so many farmer's markets, but there are certain farmer's markets that are known for very specific vendors because they're not just selling like lettuce and, right. you know, apples. Like they're selling like this amazing, you know, lavender honey and it's all these specific people, you know, even like food trucks where you're just like, you can only get this burrito here yeah. or whatever. Um, so like I know people who make a special trip to the King Farmer's Market to visit uh, who they call the blueberry lady oh, yeah. because they think her blueberries are the best in town. They also are just like, and she's spicy, you know, like she's... <laughs> Like they kind of like having her tell them off in a weird way, you know, like you're, you're standing too close to the blueberries. Um, but but I so I was wondering if you could give us some tips like of your favorite vendors and like where they are, like which markets are known for what? Yes. Let me let me just give you a few. And I feel like this is also like farmers markets are dynamic. They're always changing. If, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the blueberry lady is probably only at the market for like six weeks when it's blueberry season. So um, right. I'll, I'll give you a taste. One of the the vendors that I love, and this is like just to Portland, is uh, there's a vendor <laughs> called Squirrel and Crow that makes soy-free tempeh. I don't know if you've ever had fresh tempeh. 
I've never had fresh tempeh. It's just so good. It's fantastic. It's like a different taste and a texture. Um, it's so good. Mm-hmm. And they go to the Hollywood market. They're te- it's made of like millet and chickpeas and like. Oh, that sounds so good. Yeah. I love tempeh. Yeah. Nice. You got it. You got to do it. It's so good. Um, at the Woodstock market, there are two vendors that I love. Um, one of them is called Alamin. It's Somali hot food. And they make these things called sambusas that are kind of like a samosa, but they have like mm-hmm. dal inside of them. And there's this like spicy, spicy, like hot sauce that you dip them in. They are just like the best breakfast. Um, and they also have a knife sharpener who is like a, <laughs> have you ever, it's amazing. You just like go to the market, you bring your knives. He was a samurai. He was on like some reality TV show about making knives. And he just sharpens what? them at market. Wait, what's his name? Dragonfly Forge. His name is Gabe. I wish that all yes. like farmers markets had uh, knife sharpeners because I'm so lazy with sharpening mine. It makes such a big difference. It makes, and it's also just would be so cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's I'm sold on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anything else, Molly? Um, let's see. Uh, I got a few more. I'm gonna lift up at the St. John's Market. There's a rag. Hey, yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry. St. Jones. Yeah. Okay, go on. Um, Solstice Flower is a no-till flower farm, and they just grow these like beautiful otherworldly flowers and then make these like fantastic bouquets. And so it's like an agricultural product that isn't food that I think is so mm. fun. Um, and then the Montevilla Market has uh, a kulfi business. So it's an Indian popsicle. <laughs> Popsicles are perfect for this weather. Yeah. And they just come in these wonderful flavors. You know, there's like pistachio and rose and then like local fruits. And so that's a great treat. That sounds awesome. I've never heard of that. Now I want it. I think it's called Cool Fee PDX is the the business. Yes. 10 out of 10. All right. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, financial assistance programs that will help you shop at farmer's markets. So for those who are listening, uh, are like, yeah, farmers markets are mm-hmm. rad. They're they could be expensive, you know, because it's not like a supermarket that's buying at bulk. Yeah. So sometimes you are paying like you know fifty cents, sometimes seventy five cents more for certain things, um, and it, and it adds up. So I know at one point you were uh, the director of like the farmers market fund that worked on the SNAP matching program, mm-hmm. and that's um, Oregon's food stamp program. For those not familiar with SNAP. Are there like other financial assistance programs for shoppers who might be cash strapped but still want like the fun of shopping at a farmer's market? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think that that program called Double Up Food Bucks, which is a SNAP matching program, is going to be a great way to go. So for anyone who's on SNAP or is receiving pandemic EBT, they provide a dollar for dollar match up to $20 every day. Um, And you can just go to your farmer's market and get twice as much produce. So that's Fantastic. That's so cool. It's so rad. That is amazing. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It is amazing. It's so amazing. And that's just like money that's also going, you know, you're getting free fruits and veggies and then farmers are making all this extra money. So it's like this beautiful, beautiful cycle. Um, But yeah, if you are receiving WIC uh, or if you're a senior, there's a program called uh, the Farm Direct Nutrition Program. We love our acronyms. And it's a series of vouchers you can get uh, where you can get free uh, fruits and veggies at area farmers markets. And that's run through the Oregon Health Authority. Um, A lot of farmers, so this is where, those are kind of like 
the programs that happen everywhere. But then this is where farmers markets start to become these like hyper local projects that really support their communities and kind of like see what the needs are. So some of them have like matches for vets. Some of them have uh, programs called uh, Power of Produce or POP program. So if kids are going mm-hmm. to farmers markets, they get little uh, tokens where they can basically like buy their own fruits and veggies at the farmers market kind of to get them to you know, learn about shopping for themselves and eating fresh produce. Um, so people should probably like go on the website of mm-hmm. where, where, whatever farmer's market they're going to go and just see if there's any kind of program yeah. that they could tap into. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, cool. I mean, I well, think awesome. the other thing is, you know, like as a shopper for anybody, like the ways to kind of stretch your money the farthest would be like buy stuff when it's in the peak of the season. So if you're buying like the first pint of strawberries that's at market you might be so excited to finally see strawberries again but like those will probably be at a premium because it's in limited quantity but if you wait till the middle of the season when there's like tons and tons of tomatoes you could probably get like a box a big box of tomatoes for much less that's a good point i never thought about that i'm the one that buys the strawberries for like ten dollars <laughs> That's a good, like, you know, all of this, all of, because you've also worked at farms, yeah. so you know this. I'm like, this is like, I'm sorry, I hope everyone's writing this down. <laughs> this is not common sense for most people. <laughs> and uh, for, and this, this is, I, I this is an important question. Um, for someone who's maybe not familiar with shopping at farmers, like farmers markets, like at all, like, could you share some etiquette or kind of unspoken ground rules for not annoying vendors and other shoppers? Because I know right off the bat, you shouldn't be manhandling the produce like you do at grocery stores. I feel like grocery stores allowed us to just be like wild animals with produce. Um, Because even if you don't think you are, you are totally bruising certain fruit and that makes it harder for the vendor to sell it to the next person. I've been told, I mean, not yelled at, but been told that you touch with your eyes. (laughs) Yes, or like opening the every ear of corn to see if like it's yeah. good inside. <laughs> don't do that. Um, are there other like little, you know, just, just etiquette that, you know, as at, with your vast experience yeah. in farms and farmers markets that you would pass on? Totally. Um, so I think the first thing that I like to do when I'm going to a farmer's market that either I haven't been to before or I have been to is like, I feel like my inclination is to just get snazzled by stuff and want to start buying. But I try to do like a round and a walkabout before I start because inevitably you're going to find something, you know, right after you bought your strawberries, someone has them for cheaper or they look better or it's a a bigger box, you know, something that's more than Mm -hmm. more aligned to what you want. So I think starting out by like getting your cup of coffee, doing your little stroll around, I think is a good way to start. Um bring cash. I think at this point we live in this cashless economy, but you know, just like it's nice to tip your servers with cash. I think that if you do have cash, I mean, most vendors at most farmers markets are able to, you know, have their little square, but I think if you have cash, that is appreciated. Um, And just to kind of have a, realize that you are not at a grocery store and to have a bit more of like a creative spirit and a flexibility and understanding that things might look a little bit different um, than what you know you're finding where literally things have to be grown so they like stack perfectly um right i think a few things that as a farmer at farmers markets used to kind of drive me crazy Ooh, i can't wait gone <laughs> don't go like the last minute that the market is open and try to get stuff for free oh <gasps> That happens. All the time. They're like, oh, it looks like you're just gonna take that home and compost it. Let me help you. 
Oh my God. Yeah. So like those, you know, it's up to those farmers. They might make jam out of it. They might uh, take it to the market tomorrow. They might, um, there's this really cool thing that happens when you're a vendor at a farmer's market where everyone trades with each other with whatever they have left at the end of the day. And so like, maybe they wanted to take their bunches of kale and like get a burrito, you know, mm-hmm. don't just, I, yeah, just don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's so tacky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, there can be this, you know, on both ends, sometimes like farmer's markets start early. And so you look at your watch and you're like, oh, shit, it's 2 p.m. I got to race to the market and it's almost closed. Or on the other hand, you just like can't wait to get your asparagus. And so you get there early. I think um, if you can, trying to not shop before it's opened or not try to shop after it's closed is like a really kind thing to do because people are either, you know, racing to get their stuff set up before the starting time or they're just like tired as can be and want to pack up and drive three hours home. So that's a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then just like be mindful of your dogs. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. Yeah. Like it's a nice place to have a dog and also it's a grocery store that's crowded outside. So just have some self-awareness if you are a person who takes your dog to the farmer's market. Yeah, these are all excellent. I feel like I'm the one that sometimes comes in like really late and I'm just like, hello. (laughs) So I'm like, oh yeah, that's probably really annoying. (laughs) Not asking for free stuff, but just like wanting (laughs) to get my shop. I'm here. (laughs) So it's like, yeah, they're like, congratulations. Well, I just want to thank you profusely for spending, you know, your morning with us. Really appreciate it. It's always, it's seriously, I've been wanting to meet you for ever since, you know, John said that he had a sister and she lived in Portland. I was like, what? (laughs) Bring her here. (laughs) So this is really exciting. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. It was such a treat. Yeah, my pleasure. And now for your microdose of news. After the last few weeks of hot, dry weather, firefighters are now preparing for an early fire season. Fire officials say that our initial rainy spring led to rapid growth of potential fuel, which is now drying out. And more Oregonians than ever are in the state's highest income tax bracket, which for individuals is if you're making more than $125,000 per year. Only 1.5% of Oregonians hit that tax bracket in 2010, but we're now at over 5% in 2021. Nearly half the state's income tax revenue comes from that small percentage of taxpayers, making economists project an extra $2 billion in state revenue over the next two years. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs> <laughs>